James, we're here again. You got your headphones on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I, I forget that we're in the same room, so I don't need to hear my own voice yeah, as much as I might like to. I'm going to raise the mic a wee bit so I can hide behind the pop shield better. <laughs> there we go. Sorry for the audio there, everyone. Mine is, um, I was going to say fluorescent. That's not the word I was looking for. <laughs> Whereas yours is completely black, so your face is... Uh, yeah, it's got many layers, so I, like, I disappear behind again, it. It's, again, you're... It's very disconcerting seeing just your eyes and your your face muscles moving <laughs> as opposed to your mouth. But good, good. Uh, often I... That's why all bad guys wear bandanas over half their face in cinema. Just so you can see their eyes. Just so they're more menacing and more uncomfortable for you to that's see. Very that's very true. What, that's why Thanos, instead of like getting a weird haircut because he was already bald for this film, he wore a bandana <laughs> over half of his head for the for the look refresh. Yeah, and he, he had like a Mohican and all. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, well, this is a live episode, of course. Naturally, in- yeah, we promised and therefore we delivered, we as did. we always do deliver on as our promises. We always do. Yes, every single promise. One thing I've realised, James, actually, and I, I know this may come as a startling realisation to you, is that I've noticed I am late for everything. By, by like by like exactly three minutes but it's always i'm never on time for anything i'll say hey i'll meet you at 2 204 hey james i'll come over for dinner at 6 6 15 yeah i i account for this i'm just like don't get panicky <laughs> don't text him until he, until you're sure he isn't going to be here because i'll always show up like i will but i know that i'm always going to be somewhat late and i always feel bad i only realized this last week though that it's kind of become my thing I'll say I'll turn up at the time. It's a really good thing. It's, not, it's terrible. It's going to go in your gravestone. It's going to, <laughs> he was always late. <laughs> the only time he was early, death. <laughs> oh, man. And I also feel, and this is, this is taking a really difficult, uh, a really dark turn, I should say. Uh, I feel that perhaps that may come in a, a car accident. Because, my goodness, sometimes I, I am just a bit of a dafty. Surprise yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I surprise myself. And then I'm like, well... Let's see. Let's see how fast this car can go on a deserted M8. That's a smart idea. It's really stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. so stupid. But when have I ever been known to make sensible decisions like Thanos? <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> it is okay. Let's let's save the uh, the Avengers stuff for for just a minute. James, how's how's life? How's things? It's great. I I, I ate at McDonald's. Wait, wait and we being had like a part, a part owner of the company based off you know same family history it yeah. feels good investing Absolutely. in your own economy it's nice to uh to get the stickers and realize you're never going to win anything that they give no you. no no like i think they're probably i think some what country was it the uk or was it some other country that's actually trying to ban those stickers because they're an unhealthy thing anyone who i think does that, that is good i think monopoly stickers are getting banned somewhere <laughs> good news sources brought to you by us <laughs> here at the podcast uh should we should we play should we insert some sort of theme music at this point yeah. yeah, let's let's do it. Hit play. Constant professionalism as ever from the duo you've come to know and love as Seesaw Parade or as Ishval Morrison <laughs> said to me on BBC Bukharavik. Last week, this. Well, then, I'm going to podcast, my Helen. Seesaw Parade. Seesaw Parade. Seesaw Parade. Seesaw Parade. 
The podcast shall now, from now on, be known as Sea Sopper Raid. See, wait, what is a sopper? I don't know, but she was clearly just like we're cracking our, our constant and ever-present third guest, Google. She was clearly just so focused on what I was saying that she got the name completely wrong. I am slightly tempted to change our Twitter name, like some you know cool people do when. Halloween well, happens. Hold on, a sopper would be one who sops. So what what is it to sop? That's the question. This, so is, this is where we find out if this segment makes it into the podcast. Or not. <laughs> oh right, no one is. Like, a sop is a thing of no great value. Okay, that, that's accurate. They are done as a concession to appease someone. Yep, yeah, it could also be a piece of bread dipped in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as uh, Ishbel Morrison said, see sopper raid. Or is it, what did you say, Sea Sopper Raid yes. or Sea Sopper Aid? Well, no, it's with a raid, as in raid. A, a raid of so we're sea raiding soppers. some sea soppers. Yeah, so episode 165 of Sea Sopper Raid. Wait, that's what they called the Vikings. <laughs> they were a bunch of sea soppers who raided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us, everybody. Scotland's Least Still Podcast, now being spread on BBC Gaelic Radio. There we go. We got a whole bunch of new fans from that. I certainly hope so, by if the way. If you come, come, came to us from Gaelic Radio, uh, hello. I would be... It's uh, Misha Seamus. I would be amazed and delighted if anyone did actually hear that and, th- and thought, you know what, that would be great. Yeah, I'm going to listen to that. I also managed to shoehorn in mentions for two of the bands that I'm... Or two of the as in like Lama Bonanza, right? Yeah, and uh, and Motion Scoundrel, but I didn't say Luna on the Trains because <gasps> is that released anything? We've yet? not released anything yeah. yet, but uh, still to come, music fans, music fan. We got nine tracks in the works. We do, that's, we do. That's more than an EP's worth. It is. It's a it's a it's a groundbreaking debut album in yeah. the works. But yeah. anyway, we're anyhow we're getting away from. Let's talk about things that matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Of course, you can get in touch at Cease Operate on Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat. As I'm going to change our Twitter name, as David Wood has been doing in the last few minutes, you may have seen myself and James's or the back of James's head. Yeah, in still a, not uh, a recent Twitter. I was told I had Any very nice hair today, now. by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hairdresser was. I can imagine cutting it. She was cutting. <laughs> that sounds incredibly creepy. Uh, Joe Biden esque, even. And the hairdresser. No, he can imagine licking it. <laughs> <laughs> been there. Kaylee, uh, Kaylee, the hairdresser, was like, "Colin, you have you have really nice hair, to, nice nice hair to cut." And she said something about like gradients and and your hair all being like in a good place. And I was like, "Oh, oh great, okay, thanks." <laughs> Wait, like surely everyone's hair is in a good place, like you know, the top of their head and the sides of their I, head. Th- I the think back. she meant like where it was starting from, but I have no idea. It just like when I run my my uh, hand through the back, so I have to do it myself these days. I have to fondle my own hair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it points the right direction. Is what she's saying. Yeah, exactly. Oh, because like everyone who's got a beard. It, there which is literally everybody you, you all know that one patch that grows the wrong way Everyone's, mine doesn't yours your beard will have it will have like like the top of your head's got that spiral your beard will have one too a little spiral where you shave it the wrong way every time and you nick your skin every time but but i but i mean mine my beard literally connects well, you don't up. know yet <laughs> well that i was just about to say but it never comes through strong enough to be able to tell but also the uh, the hairdresser made some sort of comment to me having a missus and also told me that she did not have aids before passing me a can of monster all right yeah because that's how aids get spread yeah well literally what i said to her i said you know aids is not passed through saliva she was like oh, you ruined my joke it's <laughs> like, not really a joke great <laughs> That's what I love to have on a Friday morning is an age joke. Okay, anyway, let's go and talk about things on this show. Uh, now, let's start with this. We are going to talk about Avengers Endgame, but 
we're going to save it all to the very end because that way I don't have to say skip forward 17 minutes ish yeah. because then you're going to hear a, a giant spoiler. So James, just, just tease him. Give spoiler free. It's a spoiler free review thoughts, words on Endgame. Just, just to tease people to get them to listen to the very end. Avengers end zone is <laughs> a pretty good film. I would personally say it's like a seven as a film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would say if you watch this film having not seen any of the previous Marvel films, it's going to be like a two. Okay. <laughs> I think I, you have to have watched several of the precursors to watch this one, which I think means it's not the best. I agree and disagree with James, but you have to wait till the end to hear that if you would like to hear that spoiler-filled review of Endgame. But first of all, let's talk. There's been a lot happening, James. I'm very sorry. It's We're been busy. Get let's through power this. through it. Let's start with Scottish independence, which is always a, a great one to talk Bring about. It. Bring it to me. Give me that. So this is the news that First Minister Nicola Sturgeon this yeah. week said yeah. that she would uh, and she intended or intends to hold a second independence referendum before May 2021. Yeah. Uh, she's been asked about what if Brexit doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen? But she's in no, no, we'll wait and see. But at this current point in time, we want to have another referendum, which has to be granted by Westminster, first of all. I know, right? Another referendum before the next Hollywood elections in May 2021. Yeah. So what she's saying is with the current trage- trajectory of Britain. Yeah. And she's going to ignore all potential spin-off alternate universe Britons. Like in Brexit Britain, we're getting an indie ref by 2021. Okay. Let's just have a listen to what she said about her reasons why she's just focusing on the reality right now. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, have hypothetical discussions about what might or might not happen in the future. I'm going to plan for the scenarios that confront Scotland in uh, the moment. The last thing I'm going to do, though, is narrow Scotland's options. We could be facing Boris Johnson as Prime Minister within the next few months. Scotland needs to have maximum flexibility and maximum room for manoeuvre to get itself onto the right path for the future. It makes kind of pretty good sense when, you know, you don't want to just, like, make a plan for literally every single possible unrealistic outcome when the only realistic outcome currently is that a very bad Brexit is going to happen. Is a bad Brexit and Boris as Prime Minister enough to convince the people of Scotland that independence is a good idea? It will convince the people of Scotland and it will convince the north of England to come with us. Join us, brethren. As much as I agree with her in that if it's a choice between the Brexit Britain we face and Boris Johnson as Prime Minister or a independent Scotland, I agree with her on that. I do. However, Uh what I disagree with is the fact that we were meant this was meant to be a once in a generation thing. The the ref the, the first referendum was 2014. That was 5 years ago. And the potential it is or it feels like a generation. It does. Ago. It absolutely does. I have aged so much in that time. <laughs> the theory is that you know yeah, it was meant to be, you know, once maybe maybe in maybe 20 years time. Let's say it happens next year. That's 6 years. I mean, I, I know Brexit will be a thing at that point, but it's not you know, what the world has not turned upside down in that time. Yeah. However, I reckon something like an independence referendum, which are never binding anyway, should <laughs> should be like allowed every year, every like two months, you should be able to have one just because then it keeps your your central government in check, right? If governments right. actually had to be accountable to the populations that might split off from them, they might actually try harder because one of the reasons that they just lied through their teeth in the last referendum is because we were getting told it's a once-in-a-generation thing. So yep. they thought to themselves down in the old Westminster, uh, 
let's just lie. We'll tell them that they're safe. We're not. We'll never leave Europe. We'll tell them that we'll give them a bunch of powers. We'll we'll just make a bunch of promises. We won't keep them. And then by the time the next referendum rolls around, they'll have forgotten. <laughs> but we haven't forgotten. The generation's already over. I don't. <laughs> you th- lied to us. I don't think though that. Public opinion, as much as people are angry, I think the people who are angry are a minority. Yeah. And so even if they did have another independence referendum, which they will, I believe they will, yeah. Westminster has to, because if they refuse to grant it, then that's just another... That'll rile people up. Exactly. It's another arrow, in the, another bow. Another, another arrow in the knee to bring out an old reference. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the phrase, Let's James. Let's that one out, that tired reference. Let's yeah. put another arrow in its knee. That's like t- a 2010, 2011 <laughs> reference. But okay, nice, nice. Sorry. But you see what I mean? If yeah. Westminster doesn't grant grant it, then it's just more support for, indi- for independence. Yeah. So, but my belief is that when it does come down to it, it will be another very close run thing. Yeah, it's going to be super close. To the extent that it will just just go on and on and people say, oh yeah, but we can undo Brexit, therefore we can undo independence. Yeah, so any referendum that isn't like a majority, a major majority is going to be questioned. But I think the current government has set the precedent of like (laughs) 50-50 is the the way we're going to do these things. So if the people of Scotland voted 52 to 48 to, to leave Britain, the government can't really complain about that because... They've done. They've gone and accepted that as the exactly. be all end all for Brexit forever. Okay, let's let's stick with politics and extinction rebellion. Now we are yet to talk about this. I thought we mentioned it very very briefly. I probably no, we haven't given it enough to air. Yeah, time. I was completely unaware of it at the time and thought, eh, this is something James found on Reddit. No, I don't we're care. We're ahead of the game. Exactly. So this is the climate change protesters. Uh, who've been protesting in London and across the UK for 10 days now, which has now come to an end, started off in central London, bringing the city to a standstill. Uh, Then people were being arrested. Which was also beautiful. 15,000 police officers drafted in, almost (laughs) 1,000 arrests. People started gluing themselves to buses, gluing themselves to each other, women (laughs) gluing their bodies to the front of entrances, stock exchanges, the headquarters of Shell where windows were smashed. Chaos, (laughs) really. (laughs) <laughs> for some people in London. I would call it civil disobedience. Right. So so where do you stand on this? The, the protests have now end. I think people need to protest more all the time. Constant protests. The governments across the world are letting us down. France is kind of getting it right right now. They've got protests that are endless. These protests in France, the Yellow Vesties, have been going on. Gilets jaunes. Yeah, they've been going on for forever, right? Not much longer than these ones, to be fair. But just never give up. We should do it up here. I don't know why we aren't. There haven't been any here. Yeah. If they have, they've been incredibly small scale. But... On the other hand, Glasgow's City Council recently sent out a survey asking its people what they should do to tackle um, climate change. So I'm like, maybe I don't need to protest in Glasgow <laughs> because, you know, the council's actually asking questions. Well, well, Glasgow does actually have the most polluted street in Scotland. Yeah, Bath so street. the things need to be done. And our council is actually looking to do something about it. So anywhere where the council isn't, you sh- there should be protests, civil disobedience, there should be people disrupting the economy. Because the only time the government cares about things is when it affects them. All of us people can be breathing cancer, like air that's going to give us cancer yep. and heart disease and lung disease. Heart disease from air, lol me. Maybe that actually happens. <laughs> I got no idea what I'm talking about. Give it time. We could all be dying. Government wouldn't care, but as soon as it starts like affecting their pockets, they're going to start caring. Okay, well, let me just add a, a couple points to that. First of all, I think the media have been incredibly skeptical 
of the Extinction Rebellion protests. Even the fact that the likes of actress Emma Thompson, who we're going to hear from in the Men in Black trailer later on, she appeared and she had like the full merchandise for Extinction Rebellion on and was giving a big old speech. Lots of high-profile arrests. Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish girl who has been criticised heavily by the media and newspapers for blowing things out of action, out of proportion, reportedly. She's 16 years old and she is making a name for herself with these climate protests and taking people and calling people to account and saying, look, you need to do something about this. My other point, though, is does this actually do anything? To me, it's okay. It's caused a little bit of disruption in London. But that's it. What, what, what now? Yeah, so you have to keep causing disruption until something happens. Like, if, if you manage to shut down your protest, you're kind of lost. If they've shut it down without debating it or discussing it or noticing it, really, you've lost. So you just got to keep batting at it. You got to keep being an inconvenience to your own governments until they start listening to you. Because, like, their job is to respect our thoughts on things, our opinions. Like, they represent us. So if they're not doing that and instead they're just caring about their own short term business needs or their own friends' short term business needs, they need to be disrupted. Okay, let's talk about measles. Go glue yourself to a building if you're an anti vaxxer. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like a, a really terrible insult. Go glue yourself to a building, James. <laughs> I, I'm going to do something here, which I don't think I've ever done. I'm going to praise Donald Trump. I know, right? Let's, let's I think hear... he said one or two good things about him in the whole time he's been, he's been in charge. Let's hear from him as to why. They have to get the shot. The vaccinations are so important. This is really going around now. They have to get their shot. James, he, he's actually actively telling people now, You've got to get your shots. You've got to get your shots. Vaccinations are important. Yeah. Words from Donald Trump. Word, yeah, and if Donald Trump's crazed anti-vax f- fanatic fans don't listen to Donald Trump, I don't know who they will listen to. The cat is sniffing my water. Hi, cat. Get your vaxes. Actually, that's my job. I'll get you your vaxes. What is, what is she the... is vaccinated. Don't you worry about right. it. Is the, is the cat... Is, is What is she doing at those points? She's just going to go chill somewhere. Don't worry about right. it. If she starts meowing, she can be like her first female guest in the podcast. <laughs> Like in house guests. In house guests, we have had some females uh, in the past before. I've um yeah. Oh, she's now smelling my foot. Just to just to talk about this a little bit more. So I've been reading about how these measles cases worldwide are hitting unprecedented levels, yeah. particularly in the states. Not even the president precedented. Yeah, absolutely. The disease was eradicated from the US in the year two thousand, but is yeah. now back. Yeah. And there was some, uh, you know, I, I believe there's been, I want to say, forty two people quarantined in california because they can't prove they've been inoculated from measles and people obviously anti-vaxxers and people who believe that vaccines cause autism which is completely false (laughs) i know they're like the doctors that that originally studied it is like discredited oh absolutely but but it's too late you know it's too late it's far too late we got the likes of gwyneth paltrow saying it's all right so actually i don't know if she did that but she is vile so let's just make fun of her later (laughs) donald trump now though if he's if he's saying that then I believe that will make some semblance of a difference if, of course, that quote, that soundbite does make yeah, it to the At the very people. least, it will lose him some fans, right? <laughs> that is very true. Very true. And so that's like kind of like a vaccine for Earth. And let's talk about Trump's visit to the UK. He's coming here in June on a state visit. Wait, hold on. I want to, I want to, I want to talk to these anti-vaxxy people. Is there any vaccinators out there or, anti- or people that okay. haven't? There's always going to be some people who don't vaccinate their kids. That's just always happened. Mm-hmm. The point of vaccinations isn't to guarantee that 100% of the population is vaccinated. It's to guarantee that enough of the population is vaccinated that outbreaks don't spread. 
So if one person happens to catch it, it's really hard to pass it on to someone else yeah, exactly. who's susceptible. So the problem isn't that people do like that people believe it. There's always going to be some that do it. The, the, the sheer number of people that are that believe it has gone over that boundary. So now these things are able to spread. Measles has been able to spread for the first time mm-hmm. in forever. It's re- well, not forever in years. It's ridiculous though. The num- like the numbers has to be have to be huge for that to happen. Okay, let's let's talk about Trump in the UK. So he is heading here in June. Several politicians have already declared that they're going to boycott the state dinner, including the likes of Corbyn, Ian Blackford, and... Speaker of the House. John Bercow. And Vince Cable. Vince Cable. What do you you make of this? I'm boycotting the dinner. I I, also am boycotting the dinner. Let's all raise up and tweet that we are boycotting the dinner. What's the the point? Is this just a completely... Why would you want to honour someone like Trump with a nice dinner, right? That's true. Why would you want to be at a dinner with Trump? Like, you're trying to appease America, but I'm pretty sure anyone decent in America would understand as well why you wouldn't want to invite Trump to dinner. Sticking with US politics, Joe Biden... Oh, no. ...has launched... Creepy Joe. (laughs) Uncle Joe has launched his 2020 presidential bid. So this is the 76-year-old vice president and running mate of Barack Obama. former handsome man. In his two terms in office who yet was and still is held in high regard by the democrats yep he is now one of 19 democratic officials and you would say he is one of the front runners well he's been in the second highest position in u.s as whatever right so that's pretty he's he's got experience where it matters and and he was he became very meme worthy when he was with obama Uh, yeah he was he was one Creepy Uncle Joe, and he was too cool, Uncle Joe. And cool Let- Uncle, while well, he was with Obama, cool Uncle Joe was most often at service because yes. Obama was so cool, it just brushed off on Joe as well. Talk me through why you dislike this story. Well, I already have to care about his policies because he's a creep. You, you, you just, just everybody out there, get your get your good friend Google out or or Yahoo or ask Jeeves or DuckDuckGo or DuckDuckGo. Yeah, and just. Type the words Creepy Uncle Joe and you'll get yourself some GIFs, some videos, some images of, of Creepy Uncle Joe being really creepy around women and young girls. Yeah, so I was aware of this, but not the extent of it until James handily pointed me in this direction earlier. Yeah. There are a lot of stories, anecdotes, and also video footage mm-hmm. of Joe just... Invading personal space. Absolutely. Like crossing a that bit line. beyond that. Yeah, and yeah. And sure... Old people kind of do that sometimes. It's like, oh, oh, he's old. But the current state of U.S. politics for the Democrats in the beginning of this like presidential cycle is to like blast Donald Trump for being a creep, which yep. he is. So you can't then immediately like put your front runner as another creep and be like, but it's okay because he was Obama's friend. But he's also the front runner. Yeah, which he is now, and it's just like Democrats, please, no, please, don't do another last year, where, last time where you just tried to make us all like someone who's not likable. So who's who's going to be then? I hope it's Sanders. I hope Bernie gets gets the popular popular Democratic vote to become the the next the next um, person to bat off the president. Okay, well that sounded much worse, worse than it was. Thank much you. Worse. I, mean, I tried really hard. It took too long there. Okay, <laughs> that's what he said. Northern Ireland, uh, no. I didn't mean to laugh at Northern Ireland. Sorry. Yeah, let's let's rephrase that. Northern Ireland, back to Northern Ireland. Yeah. And politicians both uh, in Northern Ireland and in the UK are reopening devolution talks after a 29-year-old journalist was killed in a shooting in Derry last week. So this was Lyra McKee, who was covering rioting mm-hmm. in the city. 
and I believe it's the political party, Sura, who have now been accused and admitted the killing of Lyra McKee, which they said was an accident and the the volunteers shouldn't shouldn't have been shooting towards the, the crowd. Regardless... Right, yeah. Sounds like good politics. Yeah, so they've now reopened these political devolution talks because Northern Ireland has been without a devolved government since 2017. Yeah. What does this say, though? And actually, the priest who was conducting... Yeah, this was, this was quite big. Lyra's funeral said words to this effect. It's taken the, the murder and the death of a 29-year-old woman to bring these political parties together. That's... It's just sad. Tragic. Yeah. It's really sad that you, you can be in such a bad position and just sit and abide by it until someone literally has to die to make you open your eyes and go, wait, hold on, this might be a problem. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's very, very true. But both sides, both Sinn Féin and the uh, DUP, have said that these talks will be a test. Mm. So... Mm. <sighs> I mean, it's just, it, none of this is a good sign for this future hard border, right? Well, well Things exactly. are already bad enough. And Brexit has, Brexit has taken a, a sideline for a little while, but I imagine that will suddenly reappear. Yeah, it's the, like, we don't have time travel to solve this conundrum. <laughs> okay, nice, nice hint dropping there for Avengers Endzone later. So let's uh, move on to some unrelated movie trailers and movie news. Let's start with some movie news first, actually. Bond 25 held a press uh, press conference this week to confirm that the film is being... uh, It's in production at the moment. It's coming next April, so they've got a year, which was the same time frame they had for Spectre, and look how that turned out. They're yet to confirm the name, but they've confirmed that Rami Malek is going to be the villain. It's because it's going to be called Bond 20-whatever Rami Malek. It's going to be named after Rami himself. (laughs) This actually was announcing the name, but people got really confused. (laughs) Did you see the synopsis for Rami Malek's villain? No, I didn't know. Do you want to guess what villain he's he's going to play? Like like nerdy hacker boy. Yep, yep, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a scientist with technological uh, technology at his fingertips. <laughs> okay, so he's going to be facing up against Q again. Q's going to get his moment where he pretends to type against on things on some weird computer system in, in the MI whatever underground bunker. Yep. And then he's going to get hacked. So although they broke into our system, oh no. It's, and then he, Bond's going to solve the problem with guns. It's just going to be Rami Malek's Mr. Robot character, except more villainy. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's just exactly the same. Just, it just they bring back more. in the whole Mr. Robot cast. <laughs> Okay, well, that was uh, that's happened this week. I'm sure we'll have the, the name soon. Before we get to the trailers, The Hateful Eight. Now, this is Quentin Tarantino's film, which you and I saw. And liked. Uh, and liked, very, enjoyed very much. You relate to that too. <laughs> I was. That wasn't your fault, though. About three years ago, I reckon. Yeah. And you it had has... subway troubles. I did, yeah. And uh, that's not euphemism. Uh, so that film has been, I don't know. That film's been on Netflix for a while now. But the news this week is that it's been split up into four parts, a four-part miniseries yeah. with extra footage added. Yeah. And now that's on Netflix too. Now, apparently it's to appeal to the more casual viewer who doesn't want to watch a three-hour Tarantino film. Right. But this is strange to me because this miniseries only has, if you take out the recaps and the credits, an extra 17 minutes of footage. Right. Why have Netflix done this? And do you think Tarantino had any say in it? Uh, Tarantino probably did not, right? You probably sign over your film 
with an agreement to have it distributed in whatever way. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the digital distributor wants. And then they've decided that this is a huge IP and we must split it up into something for our casual audience who will definitely like it. However, the film also was broadcast in chapters, right? It Tarantino was, yeah. did have chapters himself. So maybe they just beefed up the shorter chapters and they've just literally put the, end, the credits in chapter scenes in the, in, the, in the title cards and it will actually work as a story. I just don't really see the point. Just release the, the, the long version of the film, please. Well, it's on Netflix. Yeah, but it's 17 minutes of extra footage. Ah. I don't want to have to watch like the same recap over and over again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's watch some... recaps anyway. How dumb are we? <laughs> Dumber than you think, James. Let's watch some trailers or listen to some trailers. Let's start then with Will Smith's new movie, Not Aladdin. Thank goodness. Maybe something just as bad. <laughs> you know what? That would be a better name for a film. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Gemini Man. Yeah, and that's two words, not like Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. Let's have a listen. Not like Iron Man. All of these are two words, I believe. Wait, Spider-Man isn't. Stop. Talking. Not like Captain America Stop. Man. Stop. I think I know why he's as good as you. He is you. 25 years ago, they made you from me. They chose me because there's never been anybody like me. We have to end this right now. Right, James, what did you think of this? Well, I reckon they probably had to spend quite a lot of money for young Will Smith. If you're unable to ascertain from the trailer, this film is about Will Smith trying to kill Will Smith. Yeah, they cloned Will Smith, who is a like he is a unique human with a special set of skills that nobody else possesses. So yep. they cloned him and then they sent his clone to kill the original one. Yeah. And I don't know what the film follows after that. Because I, they, they we already see that they meet and have a chat about it. So, so I imagine then they team up and they take down the bad they guys. They take down the the bad British sounding man. Cl- that's Clive somebody. Owen. It's Clive Owen. Yeah, it's Clive Owen. From uh, Children of Men. I'm really good at these things. Well done. Well done. <laughs> to me, like, well, first of all, there's, there's, there's a couple of things with this. Ang Lee's directing, who did Life of Pi, which I did enjoy a lot. It looked nice. But he's also shooting this film in 120 frames per second. Now, I'm going to let James do the science behind this, but just to let you know, the current kind of film movie rate is 24 frames a second. Yeah, films still are going for 24. 24. 25, 24.94. So 100, 100, sorry, I picked up my water there, the cat was smelling again. The uh, 120 frames a second, how does that change it? And why on earth would you shoot it that quickly? So human eyes refresh at a rate of like 18 frames basically it's not really like frames but the receptors shoot the signals off at that rate okay this doesn't mean that you only see things at 18 frames this means that the eye collects things for spaces that are that big so if you got something that goes at 120 frames per second the eye is going to collect data from several of those frames and smoosh them all together intelligently to make this thing look hyper smooth and hyper realistic but the problem is at that point it crosses over the boundary of hyper-realistic to be a bit too real to be real, and it looks fake. Like quite a lot of the modern game graphics we have where the characters' eyes are like really creepy, even though yeah. they've tried real hard to make them realistic. So people report that they come out of films that are at this rate feeling quite sick, or that they couldn't handle it or had to leave early. Right, so why would you shoot something at 120 frames a second? Experimental um, hype, right? You do a new right. thing to try and hype up your film to make people watch it. Okay, uh, let's go into another trailer then. Let's go uh, to, as I mentioned earlier, Men in Black International, featuring Emma Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Liam Neeson, not a racist. Oh dear, yeah. 
I forgot about that. We've never faced a threat like the Hive. They can take the form of anyone. I haven't seen that before. Oh. Even our own agents. Do we have a plan? You know, sometimes you have to trust your gut. We are the men in black. Men in black have been compromised and trust no one. The men and women in black. Yeah, ha. Perfectly done. Uh, James, thoughts on this? There was a dumb little side character, like a Disney film um, side character. Yes. And I think if the film didn't have that character and instead was just like really dumb on its own, would have been okay. Because, you know, a really dumb film is fun to watch sometimes, but a really dumb film with a really annoying character in it is not fun to watch. So I'm not keen for this film, so this even is... if it's got the power couple. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are fab. They're not a couple, but you know what I mean. Thor Ragnarok, they're great. Yeah. The cartoon, um, whatever, CG character is played by the comedian Kamal Nanjiani. Who is funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's very, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he's very good in Big Sick, which I would highly recommend. Yeah. But you're right. It just detracts from the entire movie and you have some sort of wee sidekick making comments, which aren't even funny yeah. in the first place. And granted, the like, original Mibs, they had like the weird aliens, the little short guys. That, they weren't, yeah, but they just... They sort of, were in it and they, they were in like up. every now and then and it had the talking dog and it was in every now and then. However, this one, the trailer made it feel like it's the whole Disney situation where you've got the annoying character for the entire the, duration of the film. Yeah. And I think it's to make the kids want to watch this film, which is not a good sign. I want this film to be kind of like dark and hard to watch in some ways. Okay, well, talking of dark and hard to watch, this might Game fall of into Thrones. that. <laughs> Not yet. This might <laughs> fall into that category. Godzilla. <laughs> no. Talking about bad CGI. Just, just before we get to that, just have a listen to the very end of this clip I'm about to play. They're moving like a pack. They're hunting. They all respond directly to an alpha. We stopped this Ghidorah. We stopped them all. Is there another creature that might stand a chance against him? My God. Zilla. Zilla. I had to actually stop and replay Rewind, the trailer. Yeah. because Can you absorb it like two seconds later? Because as, just... as he said, I was like, wait, hold on a second. What? What is he? Yep, he said that. Right, okay. This James... I hope that I hope this edit was fully in house in the tr in the in the marketing studio. Yes, I hope this isn't in the film. <laughs> I really hope. I hope most of this trailer isn't in the film. <laughs> yeah, this. I I remember we talked about the, this. is the final trailer for Godzilla. It's out. Yeah. It's out very soon, much sooner than I expected, actually. And when we watched the second trailer, I really liked it. I thought this looks good. Yeah. But this this time this is really dumb. Nope. Like, bunch of big CGI scenes with some jets helping out. I don't know. I would have liked the trailer more if it just gave you some hype shots of all the different monsters rising out from their lairs, and then like one line of human dialogue along the lines of you know remember the let them fight. Yeah. That line was brilliant, and I loved it. They need that, and then the shot of Godzilla rising up. Great. Or follow or before or anything. Nothing, none of this overly dramatic human dialogue. None of these reaction shots by Watch McCuller from Stranger Things. I don't want many humans in this film because in the last one, the humans were so bad. And the only good one, or the, the, there was one or two good ones, but one of the major good ones, they just like offed at the start. Yeah, just then, killed them. Yeah. So they can't handle people. Stop handling people. Get rid of the people. <laughs> I just want to watch a big, big monster fight. Okay, we're about to get to our Avengers Ender game, and I realize this episode's going to overrun. 
a lot, but it's, it's fine. fine. It's Bumper fine. special live episodes. That's what we do. Let's before we get to that, let's talk about what else we've watched other than the new Avengers. James, I'm going to start with you. Actually, what have you been watching? I finished after several months of hiatus from live action TV. Better Call Saul, the hey. most recent season that came out. I watched. I only had one episode left after it turned out, <laughs> and this season of Better Call Saul was as good as all the other ones. I absolutely love this show. It keeps. It keeps delivering. I'm how so many, surprised. How many seasons? I don't even know at this point. Three, four? Five? Oh, really? I don't know. Lots. Got more than two. Serious catching up to do. Yeah, and it just it keeps delving into all the back the backstory for different things or like brand new stories and brand new characters in ways that I just did not see coming. Excellent. And it gives you things to like worry about and you get worried about things that you, you think that since it's a prequel season, you wouldn't worry about. But yeah. you still do. And it's just like, what's going to happen? And... Yeah, watching like the story, like it follows, it follows Saul, it follows Mike, and their storylines are real good. Real, Excellent. Real good. Okay. Uh, well, let me trade you that with. Uh, I saw the Sisters Brothers this week, which is a movie. It's a western, which stars John C. Riley. Right. Fantastic. Is he one of the brothers? He is. So their their surname is Sisters. So they are the sisters. Are they step brothers? Brothers. Is They're- the other one Will Ferrell? <laughs> no. The other one's Joaquin Phoenix. That's basically the same name. Who is awesome. And uh, so he is uh, Charlie's sister. Right. And the two of them are essentially bounty hunters. Right. Chasing after Riz Ahmed and Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's oh, nice. doing a very strange, affected American-English accent. Right. It's set in the 1800s, so cowboys, all that jazz. It is... Uh, this, is the, no, this is the main thing before I just describe it for you it is a french production right french director french cinematographer cinematographer everything is french based okay. you have a, like a french hint to your cinematography <laughs> well, well it's got an air of like garlic well it has a french style right and the film is bizarre it's peculiar it's brilliantly acted is there nudity a little bit, yes. Yeah, that's the French. <laughs> There's a few baguettes, a few berries. Oh, dear. Um, it's, it takes turns in ways you... Like, for example, the ending was it just comes out of nowhere. Right. Uh, you expect it to end one way, and it just says, nope, not that way, no, something completely else. And then there's, like, weird, just completely unrelated shots to... Anything else to do with the film, which I was still figuring out. Why, wait, what? Why, why did they show that? That's got nothing to do with the movie. And then right. little cutscenes of maybe 30 to 60 seconds, which again, have nothing to do with the film. They're just adding more depth to the character. Right. So it was completely un-Hollywood. Right. But it suffered a little bit for that. Oh. In that it was, it was good, but I wouldn't watch it again. So like an artsy, an artsy experience. Artsy, but with like big Hollywood names. Right. Solid. I do like Mr. Riley when he's not he's playing brilliant. alongside Farrell most of the time. He's a, he's an excellent actor. He's like one of the highest quality actors that, out there. Absolutely. He's got he's got one of the best runs of good films. Solid solid six out of ten. Wow. I think he's the perfect five out of seven. Oh, sorry. I was gonna, I was going to say the film. Sorry. <laughs> not John C. Riley. The film itself. Six out of ten. It's a six out of ten. Yeah. John C. Riley is a ten. Yeah. In terms of acting. Oh yeah, not in terms of of looks, but and not in terms of some film choices. But I'm sure he enjoys filming the Will Ferrell stuff. I'm sure, his bank balance is very happy for yeah. it. Okay, uh, before we talk about penultimately, I've ga- also seen Maniac. Yeah, I was a Game of Thrones. What else have you seen? I've seen Maniac. I uh, can't remember. Is it who is the actor? In so it? this is well. First of all, it's Carrie Fuginawa who is also directing Bond Twenty Five. Oh, yeah, he was. This was this was good if, if for like directing. I loved so it. So it's Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Yeah, Jonah were, Hill, and Emma Stone. Like they. 
like they looked unbelievably unwell in this. Ooh, really? <laughs> like, r- like deliberately, it's like a, it's like a choice. Yeah. And they pull off everything they try, and it's so weird. So <laughs> to try and explain what goes on without, well, it's kind of a major spoiler uh, <laughs> for for episode one and two. It, it's basically like a drug trial. Yeah. For like this new like fix your brain drug. Okay. And the the the, the drug puts you through experiences to try and make you better yourself. Right. So. They kind of made, used that as an excuse to have a bit of fun. So there's a, like a Lord of the Rings-esque um, f- fantasy world. And there, there's a whole bunch of random things going. They have like a heist at one point. Right. But it's all so nicely shot and so nicely done. The writing sometimes is a bit weak. The character choices are sometimes a bit weak. But it's made up for just by how goofy it is at the times. But also how enjoyable it was. Like genuinely enjoyed this way more than i thought it would okay and the show the like episode lengths vary so much which means that they just wanted to get the story done the way they wanted to. And, they and didn't adhere to running times which is great i like it when they just like cut the fluff and have it like a 30 minute Fair episode enough. and the next one's like one hour yeah and like in the, one of the latter episodes jonah hill uh like in his fantasy beliefs he's like a weird European a mix of European heritage, mainly Icelandic, but also from everywhere else. And his accent is absolutely dreadful in the best way possible. Okay. Maniac was one of these shows which is on my list. Yeah. But considering the fact I still am yet to finish the last season of The Punisher. Yeah. It <laughs> vaguely reminded me of like Channel 4's Utopia. Okay. In some of the ways it was shot with some of the coloring and some of the unusual like um set designs and stuff like that. Yeah. So and Utopia is one of my favorite shows ever or season okay. one i suppose but you know we're about to begin our avengers spoilers filled chat but james lastly i'm going to start us off with game of thrones season eight episode two uh, which aired last monday yeah. yeah i really enjoyed this my goodness now yeah. it was just a very very well written entertaining episode of, yeah. tel- of television it was like a slow very character based, very like character development and backstory based, heartbreaking episode of oh, TV. Yeah. yeah. And, and that- genuinely, I love the fact that they just went slow and small and they gathered the people we care about to have their moments together Little before moments. they send them out to like maybe die. Some of them will die. Oh, yeah. Like Brienne's gone. Really? You don't get your dreams fulfilled and get to smile on a close-up in the final season of a big show. <laughs> Anyone who smiled and got their dreams fulfilled in this episode, they're dead. They're going to die. <laughs> yeah. yep. No, you're right. You're right. That's a very good point. Uh, it was a, a fantastically written piece like, of TV. There's some serious like lower depth to this that you can tell a director for this episode loves the the, the books. Oh, because yeah. he like this the song that he chose for Pod to sing, which, by the way... That's why Pod got all the free sex from from the prostitutes. He just sang to them. <laughs> His voice was incredible. incredible that moment yeah. was like that. It was like that Pippin scene from Lord of the Rings. Like it had the same feel. Like, like oh boy. I, yeah, it was a, It was hard to watch in yeah. some ways. But the director, the song he chose, has like so much meaning for the characters in that room. I'm trying not to go into too much depth there, but you can read into it. It's just like. Mind-blowing stuff, bringing that song to the table yeah. and doing it so well. And this week, of course, uh, episode three is the biggest battle Tell's sequence deep, everyone. in history of, of, of TV and it's film. It's going to kick off when an old man accidentally shoots one of the bad guys <laughs> with a bone arrow, not a gun. Oh man, Lord of the Rings. If you haven't seen it, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Okay, 
Let's start Avengers Ender's Game Chat. If you would like to avoid all spoilers, now is the time to say goodbye. You've been a pleasure. Yeah, Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the episode. Um, go watch the film, come back, listen to us, chat later on. Let us know how we're wrong when you've had a bit more time to think about it than we James, have. James, right. Okay, we watched this maybe a, a couple hours ago, maybe three, four hours yeah. ago. It's still stewing. Yeah. You've had a bit of time to think about it, read about it. Yeah. Just give me your opening summary of what you felt of this, the closer to 11 years of Marvel films. Uh, it closed off character storylines really well. Yes. Lots of the characters' um, development and um, decisions were well written. Mm-hmm. They were well based and they made sense. Uh, however, I'm a bit underwhelmed by the solution to the... Like, this is the final the final film. This is the big solution to the end of the story and it's just wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. So I'm, I'm with you until that bit. Because to me, yeah, you're, I entirely agree. They gave the they characters... nailed it with the acting. In terms of the arcs, in terms of the acting, absolutely. Well, except um, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> you just don't really like Mark Ruffalo, do you? I don't know. Like, there was one point in the film where he's like getting beaten up and he just sounded like he was in a room far away from a microphone going, Ooh, wow. <laughs> like he was supposed to be in huge amounts of pain and he was just like, ah. Okay. Let's start with the the acting of the characters first of all yeah huge props to everybody i would say okay besides mark ruffalo and and quite a lot of people that didn't get their chance to shine particularly well the 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 characters who had perhaps in the past have been neglected the likes of karen gillan's nebula yeah she was hawkeye jeremy renner fabulous and even scarlett johansson does a lot of good does a lot of heavy lifting in the first third she had a big job to do and she did it well chris evans robert downey jr yeah those all five of them oh hey superb What about, what about Big Thor, boy? I was just about to get to them. Oh, dear. Josh Brolin. Okay, yeah. Obviously, Thanos... Uh, he was it's, there. He was there. If, if Infinity War is Thanos' film, whose film is Endgame? Uh, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> it's, in my eyes, it's, it's Captain America's film. Uh, it's, it's, a little, it's a little, like, two people picking up the bag at the same time and awkwardly holding it between them, between Captain America and Iron Man. Right? Okay, They've got one handle of the Tesco bag each and they're trying not to spill the milk. <laughs> that is a, a beautiful analogy. Josh Brolin, yeah, absolutely. I think Infinity War, he absolutely set the toy. He, he raised the bar of what Marvel villains should be. And yes, okay, fine, he was given less of a stuff to do this time. Yeah, but they that, just but made him was... generic bad guy. To an extent, but that's because oh, yeah. they, but that's because they did so much of the heavy lifting in Infinity War. Yeah, they so I can for, I can forgive them that. So I liked that they gave some of the lesser characters more meaty roles this time round. Yeah. In terms of the choices, and this is where we're going really spoiler heavy. Iron Man dying. Yes, I could. I saw that coming. Had to but, but they did it excellently. Yeah, I thought they did it well. Really handled that really well. Captain America. Although I expected him to die, they've written him out. Okay, they've written him out. The way they did it with the whole time travel thing, he goes back in time and he decides to stay in the what the nineteen forties and just become an old dude and then turn up on the 1970s, same day. Nineteen seventies, I believe. Okay, nineteen seventies. Then turns up at the same day, at the same time, at the same location. There's, if you think about it too much, in terms of like alternative alternate timelines, alternate universes, alternate universes, like you're thinking, well, this just does not. Wobbly. Yeah, this does not make sense. Yeah. So I'm with you when it comes to that. Then there's the whole issue of. The time or the invisible, the in uh, the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Which, if you watch the movie, they go and get, they take them, they yeah. use them. They give um, they give Loki a retcon. 
So he can have his own spin-off so, yeah. series. So Loki's away, he's got his own TV show. Yeah. And then they put them back. Yeah. Which in with the time travel rules that they're using, which I've read a bit more into, okay, yeah, I'm I'm with to an extent. To a, to a very vague extent. But I, then like I don't know how Captain America injected a stone back into <laughs> Natalie Portman, and I don't know how he got a tesseract to put the blue one back in. Yeah. Because they have to destroy that. And I, I don't really know how he put them back. Like, did he go back up to to the Red Skull and be like, oh, hey, I remember you. Please, take the stone back, please. And, like, they had to put them back so that the, that universe was safe or that the, those five universes were safe, yeah. depending on how you look at it. But, like, they've, they've, they've split off alternate realities in every single one of those. There's alternate realities now. Exactly. So Marvel is free to do what they want. That's the good thing. They can now be like, and this film is set in the alternate reality where the Battle of New York ended with loki escaping right and this film is set where like natalie portman didn't get injected so enough right oh exactly <laughs> she's now a superhero so this is where in the past like marvel has completely strayed away from doing time travel films and alternate reality films it's all been like nope this is, there's there's one universe everything's in here yeah, it's all the doing closest here. they came was mr strange doing a time loop yeah because he's not a doctor anymore <laughs> he's just mr strange uh, or maybe he's a, he's a surgeon so he is mr strange okay anyway so yeah, Marvel straight away from that. I mean, but he's now, an American surgeon, so but, he's doctor. Stop! But now they've done this. So you're right. They've opened up all these different timelines and time alternate realities, alternate yeah. parallel universes. Yeah. And my summary, if I was to give you this, would be: I really, honestly, I really enjoyed the film. But once I start thinking about it. I enjoy it less mm-hmm. because then I'm thinking, well, that wouldn't work. And if he does that, then that doesn't work. And if Thanos is dead, then how can he do the snap in the first place? Yeah, how does he destroy the stones? In this? But the, 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 their whole point is that you go back in time, it doesn't change your present. So like their, uni- their universe is fine Yes, by their logic, but they've spawned a whole bunch of universes where bad things can still happen, Yeah, which makes me worry that Marvel is just going to put things in those universes to make films about. Because there's like the universe where Thanos doesn't exist and the power stones just chill about for a while longer. <laughs> Like and there's a universe where where Loki's dead. There's one where he's alive. Like I don't know. Like well, it's it feels it feels a bit cheap to be like. And they use time travel to save the day for themselves, which they did. But they caused lots of problems for other universes, which they also did. Yeah. Well, but they, like there was noble sacrifice. It was really well done yep. in both instances. Uh, like it was a bit heart wrenching in both instances. Black Widow as well. That was the like one that I did not fight, see coming. The, like the comedic fight to see who can kill themselves the fastest. That was dark. <laughs> it was very dark. Yeah, but and they, they pulled it back together for an emotional little ending. Like they did really well with almost all the writing. Like the little references to past films, the little yep. story developments to like from past films. Like they did a great job. But it's still just a seven. It was a so, see. I would I would go for an eight because just because of the, the fact I did really enjoy it. I enjoyed the fact that it was essentially a highlight reel of Marvel films, and that we're going back to the highlights. But of they some goofed of these. with them. The, exactly. But yeah. I. But it was like the, there's the universe where where um watch McCormick Andy from Parks and Rec doesn't get to finish his dance. Exactly. Yeah, and, and he doesn't get the power stone, and therefore doesn't even meet the guardians. Yeah, and then the the purple guy doesn't get to destroy several exactly. planets with it, right? It's brilliant. There's loads of universes now. We get to see Quill waking up in a cave full of rats. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other point I was going to make is that the film had loads of really nice touches that if you've seen every single Marvel film, and you're right, you really do have to have seen every single Marvel film 
to except, uh, well, except Captain Marvel because I didn't Marvel. see that, and I was like, "Yep, she makes sense." Yeah, she yeah, yeah she She's does. She's just doing her thing, which is what I'm pretty sure, which is what I said in my review. I said you don't really need to have seen it. No, just just know that she's super powerful. Yeah, and they did shoehorn in the like the all the women get to save the day for a moment thing, and that was clumsy because they already were saving the day. And I was like, "Yeah, they've got really strong female characters here." And then they were like, "Look at our really strong female characters," and I was like, "Yep, I noticed yeah. them." this whole film <laughs> if you are if you are listening to this and you have no plans to see endgame and i don't really care what james is referencing here is a scene in which every marvel superhero who is a woman mm-hmm. is gathered in the same shot yeah with spider-man with, with spider-man who, who isn't a woman he's not a woman but they're taking they're taking the job from him to save the day so obviously they're i can i can see why they're doing this you know female empowerment i absolutely get it i think for for they just you, want that to be a gif yeah just for no good reason they just want that to be gift and spread it on social media i am entirely like, i'm entirely on board with this there was two things it did for me one it showed me how few female superheroes marvel <laughs> know, have right? yeah and second of all, it just felt shoehorned. Yeah, they already had all of these females doing powerful, strong things exactly. in their moments. Scarlet was, Witch had a fantastic moment. They were all really cool. Like, like if it wasn't for Black Widow, we wouldn't have bits one at all. Like, there were so many good moments for the female characters, and I was really enjoying it. They were like, I'm handling. They're handling these really well. They're actually making them seem like they fit in the story rather than shoehorning. Oh wait. Yeah, and that's that's what I felt. You know that scene comes on, that comes on, and everybody in the cinema is aware. Yeah. Ah, ah, I, see, it, it I kinda, see what they're doing here. Yeah, it kind of devalues when, like, the woman's drive to get to the, to the goal is ended by Thanos, then knocks out the most powerful one of them, and, and is beaten by some old white guy. It's <laughs> a very good point, uh, James. Where where does Marvel go from here? I mean, in terms of, I hope the... they go interesting. <laughs> fair point i'm tired of films that end in a bigger mosh pit than the last film like this film's climax was just the same as the last one but with more people on the good guy's side it was exactly the same army plus like the guys that hadn't died that had already died before on the bad side did you really expect it to go any other way i hoped it would i hoped it would just be like here's Thanos being super powerful he's got all his lieutenants in one place this time instead of like they've been killed off slowly on their own (laughs) doing their own stuff maybe they can handle all the avengers at once that would be really cool but instead we just got this like really blurry dark mess of a big last fight where everyone tries to get their one moment killing like a dog i think they all were killing dogs (laughs) and like worms a good moment yeah like they should have just had it smaller and something we can actually follow on screen and not have it dark and grimy. I don't even understand why it went dark and grimy. They're in Earth, like Thor calls in the clouds, but the clouds go black, not brown. <laughs> I uh, you I agree to an extent. I knew it was going to end up like that, I but didn't want it to. I liked I liked the build up to it when you had there was a one shot where they had literally everybody. In they the had same, the armies of Mordor. Yeah. yeah, you did. You had Plus, everybody uh, facing Captain America on in own. the same shot. I thought, okay, well, this is cool. Yeah, and then of course it just descends into CGI, big old mess, button smashing. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that seems to me like a like a good place to to end. It, unless you have any there further, is just, there is so much more to say about this film because. <laughs> It is the climax of so much work. It and is. They did a really good job. They did, absolutely. Like, and as, as and much as we can criticize the time travel aspect, if you're going to use time travel on a film, it's going to be messy. Yeah, they, they did the best job they could with the, the place they'd written themselves into absolutely. and the only solution left to them. Because they'd really written themselves into a corner with what happens yeah. in Infinity and War. They, they made some great decisions in this film. I just, I, I, I think that the big studio universal films are like not the universal studio, but like films and universes <laughs> yes. are always going to be underwhelming in the end. Do you feel Marvel will ever 
either, well, let's say A, repeat this sort of experiment, or B, top that. Well, the only way to go bigger is to, like, like have even more powerful characters, but then it's just getting beyond our comprehension, right? Superman's flaw is the fact that we can't comprehend his weaknesses. They have to, like, give him forced weaknesses. Yeah. Marvel's only option now is to have like people that are more powerful than Superman battling in space to, if they want to go like physically bigger. So they need to actually start going more character investment bigger. And they can do that. They can keep being interesting with their character choices. Uh-huh. And they, they're showing signs of being able to do that. And they're planting seeds for future films like the like Gamora's future storyline. Yeah. kind of interesting now. As Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, As Guardians of the Galaxy could be a real good film. Um, let's let's say Chris Hemsworth was also fab. I forgot Chris to mention. Chris Hemsworth was absolutely wonderful. And fab. And Scotland represent. I saw that Iron Brew bottle. I appreciate it. And I saw the Innocent Gun. Gun. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for representing our great nation. Innocent Gun favorite beer. Let's please send me some. Please. Uh, <laughs> no, I enjoyed the film. I'd say on the on the only important scale in the world of zero or one, it is a one. It's for a one. Sure. It's one. If you don't like super superhero films, it's a zero. <laughs> if you haven't watched any Marvel films, it's a zero. If but you, if you uh, care about any of the characters, yep, go see it. And to get from the original Iron Man film to this is unreal. It's remarkable. Can't believe they managed to do it. Well done, guys. And Let's the, just ignore that bad Hulk film that you're, everyone doesn't talk about. <laughs> exactly. And particularly the final sentence of Iron Man and the final sentence he really spoke were that came that really was coming full circle there was a lot of really heartfelt lines that were just callbacks to previous things i almost i almost cried a one a one part when uh handsome spider-man appeared and uh gave iron man a hug or rather iron man gave him a hug yeah and it wasn't like an accidental awkward in the car exactly so it's little it's just little Little moments like that also a hug that meant a lot and i was like oh i don't don't do that to him. <laughs> but then I was okay. But then when you think about the fact that Doctor Strange was sitting on a planet looking through trillions and trillions of ways to save the universe uh-huh. and the solution that he found, the one in the billion trillion chance that he told Iron Man they had to go for but he couldn't tell him the details was a rat is going to step on a button. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. The whole the whole film kick starts. With a rat standing on a button. The biggest superhero in the Marvel Universe, and the only reason that the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe can exist, is a rat. A rat. You're right. You are absolutely bang on the money. And that, James, is where we should leave it. We've been talking for far too long. But this has been a, this has been a, a fun a fun live episode, as always. As always is. Yep. Uh, of course, James, how do people get in touch if they want to and should disagree with us? Email us at csopperaid. Email us whatever you want. That's at gmail.com. Um, I don't really know what you want to email us. Let us know how we're wrong about the Marvel films. Yeah, please do. Let us tell us you want us to talk about DC films, which actually look like maybe they're going to start getting more interesting than Marvel films. Uh, tweet <laughs> us again at Aid. <laughs> or Facebook CSOPERAID. I'm logging into the... To CSOPERAID. We're getting some live Snapchats right now. I'm apparently. about to go in and see if... if- indeed anyone has sent me any news if you see us in real life and you want to discuss films music politics or just anything with us we are completely open to the idea we're both horrible with social interactions terribly anxious we're both horrible yeah that too but we will try our best oh wow we're sorry let's just stop this right now we got a snapchat from nicola No, 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 no we have we have been added we have been added by a british politician wait what the MP for Glasgow North and East, Paul Sweeney. Paul Sweeney <laughs> has added Cease Operate on Snapchat. Paul Sweeney, everybody. Right there, Paul. 
We have a, we have a British politician listening. You want to come on the show? Absolutely. He's not listening, but you know, let's, no, he is. We can, we can well, tweet this section to him. That's a good idea. Yeah, My. come on the show. We'll I'll buy a second mic just for you, and then I'll keep it. I'm not going to give you the mic, but oh. like maybe it's not him. <laughs> it's one of our pals pretending to be him. No, no, that's got to be. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. That's like Jonathan Morrison doing a doing a goof. <laughs> Paul Sweeney, everybody listening, listening to Cease operate. What an honor. Yeah. What an honor. Next, should... the Queen. <laughs> That's the only logical step. So, do we? Do, I mean, apologies if we ever offended anyone late, but we have. We've slagged off uh, Jezza a lot. Yeah, we. Yeah, most of. I've, I'm pretty sure I've called every politician evil <laughs> and incompetent. <laughs> I stand by these claims, yep. unless you prove me wrong. But I did also say good things about Glasgow you Council, did. not <laughs> representatives. You're evil. <laughs> and with that, James, thank you so much. Uh, I will Man, see I peaked, you. I hard there. That I was worth it for the gag. I will see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's do more of these. Let's do it. Let's okay. do another episode. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ender. <laughs>